The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe Delio, joined by Chris Flum as always, and we are bringing you the second edition of the Mailbag Show. First show went pretty well, but now this time we got a ton of questions from listeners on Facebook, Instagram, through the various mediums, we've been requesting people to send us our questions. And sadly, we were not able to take all of the questions just because there were so many of them. There were some overlapping questions as well, but still a lot of amazing questions that we're going to be hitting on today and addressing your thoughts on the offseason regarding free agency, various free agents, possibilities for dealing with position issues, and also upcoming draft prospects that you should be paying attention to. Why don't we swing right on into this bad boy? And we have the first question here from Brian Hyman, and he's asking, can Giants management consider trading a few of its high-priced assets? Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Alec Ogletree. And if not possible, release these players. After all, Giants need additional money to be active signing impact players to upgrade our offensive line, linebacker, defensive line, and secondary. Plus, it is important to add additional draft picks. So a question and then a little bit of insight from him there. The key thing here is that, yes, they're probably going to be making some moves. And I think that the 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 bigger player to be paying attention to are the ones that he mentioned is Alec Ogletree. Because if they choose that he's not really the guy that they want as their Mike linebacker, it might benefit them to to cut him and move on. And then we also spoke about potentially cutting Rhett Ellison, who is a bit of extra baggage and unnecessary money that they don't really need to be paying for a backup tight end when they have Caden Smith. Yeah, I do believe Alec Ogletree could be a potential cap casualty. His dead money isn't all that bad over the next two years. It's three and a half million this year, 1.75 next year. But he is an 11, just under $12 million cap hit this year and just under an $11 million cap hit next year. So I think he definitely could be a cap casualty. We've mentioned Red Ellison. I do not expect the Giants to, tr- to trade Sterling Shepard. We have heard the we didn't sign him to trade him. Sterling Shepard is a good, reliable player. He's a guy the Giants like, and he's a guy who really figures pretty heavily in their offense. He's their best receiver. 
for a while now, I have said I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants traded Evan Ingram just because he doesn't really fit the philosophic mold of a Dave Gettleman team. I could see him potentially being dealt to a New England or a team that really has a use for a hybrid tight end. I don't want to see it happen because I really do believe that Ingram can be a matchup nightmare. I use that term a lot, but it's just the only way to describe what he could be, what he should be. It's a thing that I I could conceivably see happen, but I just do not want to see it happen. There were murmurs regarding Evan Ingram possibly getting traded around the deadline. Not a, a, a ton of traction resulted from that, and he didn't end up getting moved. But that doesn't mean that that traction couldn't pick up again if the Giants decide and say, hey, he's not really performing and playing as much as we hope he can. I think it's a little too soon to pull the plug on him, and I think if they are going to pull the plug, they're going to at least wait and see if they can get a full year out of him for once and actually get a full 16 game season from their first round tight end. I really don't see them moving on from Ingram, but I think the big one to pay attention to is Alec Ogletree. They got rid of the other player mid season that was taking up a huge amount of their salary cap, which was Janoris Jenkins for disciplinary reasons, because he did something inappropriate on Twitter. The last player I'm sure that other people are wondering about is Nate Solder, and albeit that he's taking up a ton of money at his position of left tackle, and he's not really performing up to that contract, I don't think that they're going to try and move on from him. They're definitely not going to cut him. Maybe if they have a, a good trade partner for him and they can get some decent picks or assets or, or young players in return for Solder, they'll make the trade, but I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him. I don't think a lot of teams are going to be desperate to overpay a left tackle that's not doing that well. And then also, if you just look at it in the sense of if you're trying to build around this young quarterback, even if Solder hasn't been perfect, he's still better than the alternative of having somebody else that's not as good step in. There's not really a lot of left tackles that they can bring in they obviously could draft one but still there's a bit of an imbalance in the offensive line right now they're probably going to see how much they can get out of that contract with Nate Solder before they really do anything with him yeah like I I don't see Solder getting traded just yeah he's 31 years old he's yeah his cap hit this year and next year is 19.5 million and 20.5 million so that isn't really a tradable contract his dead cap this if he was cut is 13 million and then 6.5 million in 2021 i i think solder is just barring a retirement or something like that he's just going to be here so the giants are probably just going to have to look to reinforce the rest of their offensive line the center position right tackle that sort of thing. Next question from Alex Sipolsky. If we draft Isaiah Simmons, which I fully endorse if you follow me on Twitter, if you don't go follow me, what would his primary NFL position be? I would guess inside linebacker, but obviously this dude can play almost anywhere. Well, first of all, I think he's more of an outside linebacker than he is an inside linebacker. But the thing with Isaiah Simmons and modern NFL defenses is that he is the most diverse 
linebacker we've seen in a long time. When Shaq Thompson was coming out of Washington, people were talking about how the fact that he he plays like a safety, but he can also play outside linebacker, and that works really well in modern defenses because they're mostly nickel and dime packages. You don't need to sub anyone out. You don't need to take your linebacker out because you can linebacker out because you can leave Shaq Thompson in there. But Right now, you can do that with Isaiah Simmons and almost to even more of an extreme extent because he can cover receivers in the slot. He can play outside linebacker. You can blitz him and rush the passer with him. He is that talented of a of a player. He's done so many different things, and he was formerly a safety. So I don't think you can really put a label on him. He's just an, a defensive weapon. That's the best possible thing you can say. It's what Jabril Peppers would be if he was taller and bigger and the same size as Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, that that pretty much it is it. His primary position is defense. Just leave it at that. Maybe if the Giants look a little bit more towards some college concepts, I might act, I might say he could be something like the flex safety in a 3-3-3 alignment, which is what Iowa State plays. Basically, it's like a middle-of-the-field safety, but he also does linebacker duties, and basically his job is to be a defensive eraser. And I think that would fit Simmons because that basically is what he was for Clemson. He is just a defensive eraser. What hybrid players can do on offense and create mismatches is what Simmons can do on defense and yeah I'm right there with you if the Giants select him at four I would not be upset at all I think another comparison for him is like the linebacker version of Derwin James I I'm so glad that this question was brought up and I'm going to continue to push this agenda that the Giants need to take Isaiah Simmons I think that if they take him he would be such an amazing asset for this defense because he is so diverse in his capabilities and his skills. He would be a monster for any NFL defense in his capabilities, what he was able to do. Watching him during the college football playoff against the most talented players in college football was just mesmerizing to see what he was capable of doing. I remember watching him just moving from place to place pre-snap. And then I watched him go all the way outside to cover a receiver at a cornerback position. And I was, I was thinking to myself, do they trust him that much to do stuff like that? So just seeing how capable he is of doing multiple different things at a high level, it's exciting. And I would not rule him out at that fourth overall pick. I don't know about you, Chris, but even though he's a linebacker, he could fit very nicely as the fourth overall pick for the Giants. Yeah. He is just so diverse and versatile in what he can do he i've i've seen him described as a unicorn a few times and maybe that's what his position should be named just the unicorn position because he can do pretty much everything but play defensive tackle and even then maybe you know get him a weight vest or something make him a little bit heavier so he doesn't get pushed around maybe he could do that too Assuming the right defensive coordinator gets a hold of him, he just brings so much to a defense, gives them so many options, so such a broad ability to create and disguise pressures and coverages that you know he he would be right there with Derwin James, uh, Tevin Coleman before, or sorry, Telvin Telvin Smith before he stepped away from the game. Maybe what Brian Erlacher would have been if he hadn't, if he had played, you know, in the 
late 20 teens, you know, if he, if Ryan Urlacher had been coming out today, he would probably be what Isaiah Simmons is. On to the next question. And this one is from the underscore better underscore me underscore 11 from Instagram. And he's asking, what are we going to do at center? If in the draft is the answer, then how early do we draft one? Well, in this question, it needs to be addressed, and when we get to the offensive line, which is up next in our positional previews for the offseason, it's worth addressing that there really are not a lot of options at center. The best available name that we handpicked was Brett Jones from Minnesota, who was previously with the Giants. So I, I really don't see any free agents that draw my attention. Now, if we're talking about the top quality centers, one that's probably going to be out of the reach of the Giants just because he's going to be taken in the later end of the first round is Tyler B- uh, Bidez from Wisconsin. Probably just butchered that. Chris has the correct pronunciation. Terrible with pronouncing names here. But he is considered to be a late first-round guy. He'll probably move up a little bit. We've seen that happen with centers and interior offensive linemen just because of the need of them. But he probably won't be there for the Giants unless they trade back and they pick up some extra picks. Besides that, Nick Harris from Washington could be in that second-round range. There there are some quality, decent quality centers in this year's draft class. So they could take someone in the first two rounds, develop them, and continue to round out that offensive line because I do stand by the fact that John um, Jalapio is really not the answer at center. Yeah, and neither is Spencer Pulley, really. And, and it's Tyler Biotish. Ah, damn it. <laughs> it it's, like, it's like Mike Krzyzewski. Don't look at it to know how it's pronounced. There are a few mid-round guys as well. You know, Biotish, Nick Harris, they're probably the top two guys. They're very different centers. And I think if the Giants were to draft one, it would depend on what kind of blocking scheme they want to run. Biotish, probably a more classic center. He's a bigger, more powerful guy. Uh, Harris is more compact. I think he's like 6'2", right around 300 pounds. He's more of an athletic zone center, but he is also really good. Lloyd Cushenberry, I, he will be playing in the Senior Bowl. That was just confirmed while we start, just after we started uh, recording. So that will be something to watch. Uh, and Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, he's a, he's a big dude. Yeah, I think he listed as something like 6'4", 320, so that would probably appeal to Dave Gettleman, especially if they want to stick with a more power-running attack. So there definitely are options, and I think the Giants should make exploring those options a priority because, you know, other than the quarterback, the center is the only guy who handles the ball every snap. And that really does make him one of the most important players on the field. The center is the guy who calls protections. He decides where the double team is going to go. A lot of times the center is responsible for working up to the second level, and that can really really play a large part in good plays turning it into great plays. So it's something the Giants really do have to address. They cannot continue to go to the scratch and dent bin for their center. Yeah, and it's worth acknowledging that there's a strong likelihood – of if they do take a rookie center and bring him in and develop him, it's going to take a little bit for them to adjust just because it's a little bit more complicated of a position. And also as an offensive lineman, it's, it's hard to really make that to make that transition 
right away, especially as a mid-round pick. So if they do take someone, you got to be a little bit patient. I'm sure they will develop and, and turn out to be the right guy, but we'll have to see what, what they end up doing about that. We got three more questions to hit for you, but before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Our next question from Zero underscore Given. His question is, do you think this defense can make improvements without adding a big player in the secondary? And I'm going to say certainly. I think that there's a lot of young players on or in that secondary position group of corner and safety that if they continue to develop and work with them, they could take a huge step forward. And also with Patrick Graham, if if he can scheme properly, those players that they have and if they work with their strengths and try to use that to their advantage, I think this secondary can be be very, very good. It was super young last year, and I think that any young secondary is going to struggle if it's young across the board. They got out what I would consider to be the um, mental weak link in Janoris Jenkins because I thought, you know, I, the whole season I thought that he was a, a cancerous spot for them because of, of the the remarks he was having after games and the things he was doing. I, I didn't think that he was really a good person to have in the locker room in the, in that, in that defensive back meeting room. Now that he's gone and it's all young and they all have the opportunity to play with Julian Love, DeAndre Baker, Sam Beal, Corey Bounce, and all those guys, Julius Peppers. I think that that position position group could end up being very, very good for the giants. I'm going to sidestep this question ever so slightly and say yes, by getting, by getting themselves a good edge in free agency, getting themselves a good pass rusher. We know that having a good pass rush really does help the secondary out. I'm not sure I expect all of the Giants' young corners to take a leap all at once, but it would definitely make their lives a whole lot easier if they could get, if the Giants could get a pass rusher who can really force 
offenses to scheme and move protections and create consistent disruption in the backfield force quarterbacks to either have to get the ball out more quickly or force them into mistakes the Giants really did have a dilemma on defense last year in that they've struggled they struggled a lot to get consistent pressure with just a four-man rush but then if you're going to blitz that puts even more stress more strain on your secondary and that just exposed all of the young guys to having to do more with less so i think if we say if we put put the limit on it without adding any players like uh, a highly drafted corner like uh, jeffrey akuda or going after uh like a byron jones or a safety in free agency then i think best way to help the secondary is to improve the giants pass rush these final two questions we have are related to potential trades during the draft first one from Corey coley critchell and their question is what are your thoughts on potential trade up in the draft to get chase young i'm going to keep this simple i don't think that chase young Chase Young is obviously very, very talented, and he can be an elite pass rusher. And Chris, you just spoke a ton about how important it is to get that pass rusher. But I don't think that you should really be trading up to take someone other than a quarterback. I understand that he's super talented, but if you are really, really think he's the guy, maybe you do it. But I think that that would put the Giants in a very bad position if they if they lost more picks and, and draft capital or, or young players if they were trying to make that move just to get one guy. This is a team that has a lot of holes. If you take someone that's super-duper talented earlier on and trade up to get him, do you correct and fill those other needs? I, I think that every need on this Giants team is equal and they need to use their picks accordingly instead of tossing away a bunch of them just to go up and get Chase Young. Now, I'd love to have Chase Young, and you you never know if he might end up slipping to four. But still, I think it would be risking too much to take him. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it exactly. Having Chase Young would be great. I've pretty much been operating as if that ship sailed when the Giants beat Washington. Really, you said it perfectly. The only position worth trading up for is a quarterback. Otherwise, you know... We hear every year about how this team or that team is one piece away. The reality is that no team is one piece away. Remember, the Atlanta Falcons were supposed to be one piece away when they traded up for Julio Jones. The very next year, the Giants shut them out in the playoffs. Improvement in the NFL is a moving target. Your team might be getting better, but so is every other team. And the Giants really do need to maximize and get the most out of all of their resources this offseason they need to get as much out of every draft pick as they can and really get as much out of every free agency dollar as they can so i think that instead of trading up trading back is a better choice especially if isaiah simmons is off the board (laughs) last question we have here and it is from nyg computer folks And the question is, how beneficial is trading down if it means Giants losing out on Simmons or Thomas? I would this this question's a little bit hard to evaluate just because 
it's depending on what they're offered. So if they're offered an average trade to trade back and maybe they get a first rounder next year, maybe it would be a little bit tough for them to make that decision. It would be really hard for them to lose out on Simmons or Thomas. But if you're getting an amazing offer and you're getting a ton of picks from a really, really desperate organization, I would say you got to pull the trigger and just take advantage of that because as nice it is as it would be to get Simmons or Thomas to fill those huge needs for the Giants and how much that would improve the roster, the most beneficial thing you can do is have even more first-round picks. And whatever team trades up to get a quarterback and gives you a, uh, a first-round pick in the following year or maybe even the year after that additionally, you have to take into account that the fact that they're going to be hamstrung on draft capital, they're going to have less picks, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback. So that means they're going to be in a difficult spot and situation for next season, meaning they're probably going to have a high pick next year, meaning the Giants get a, high, a guaranteed high pick. Not a lock at a high pick, but probably in the top 15 range. So if you can catch one of those teams leaning and they're so desperate to get that fourth guy because all the other all the, the the first guys were taken in terms of say Herbert Tua and Burrow are all gone and someone wants to trade up and get from because they don't want anyone else to take them you got to take advantage of that yeah th- i i think that's it and we as it stands now we don't know where Isaiah Simmons or Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills will go so if the Giants get a good offer, especially if they can get a good offer and, and stay in the top 10, I think they pretty much have to take it, you know, even if that does mean taking a chance at not getting one of those guys. It's possible they could mo- wind up moving back just one spot with Miami and maybe pick up uh, that third-round pick they lost and maybe a future pick, or perhaps they could trade back with the Chargers or Carolina. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as it so happens, have two first-round picks this year. They also have, they've got the ninth overall pick, which would keep the Giants in the top ten. So it would be very likely they could still get one of those blue chip prospects. But then they could also have potentially the twentieth overall pick. So they could get uh, Simmons and Biotish or Thomas and I don't know maybe Clavon Chasen to help give them an an edge rusher. That, I think, would be one way the Giants could really maximize the fourth overall pick. It is more of a gamble than just staying put and taking Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda and you know maybe hoping one of those top tackles, uh, say, Mecky Becton or out of Louisville or Austin Jackson out of USC, slip to the Giants at the top of the second round. But even though it is a bit of a gamble, the potential rewards are still there, especially if you could still get the guy you were targeting it for. Yeah, I think the one key thing here to also acknowledge that you don't really have to guarantee missing out on Simmons or Thomas because if you do trade back out of that four slot with the Chargers who are at six, the Carolina Panthers who are at seven, or even if you can swap with the Dolphins at five, you move back a couple spots, I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas or Simmons or maybe even both of them are still available. You'd be pushing it at that seven pick with the with the Panthers. But if you swap with the Dolphins, you still get your guy. You can still 
end up getting the player that is going to fill your need of Thomas or Simmons. And I think that that should be a, a you know, a, a key um, emphasis here for the Giants that they should try and get the, the Dolphins to show their hand so they could convince the Dolphins that other teams are really interested in trading up. So then that will trigger them into being desperate to swap with the Giants instead of allowing someone else to leapfrog them and take a guy that they're looking at, whether it's Tua, Jake Fromm, you name it. So there's a lot of options, and it's obviously very early, and there's still plenty of time for a lot of things to move around. We're going to have to see what happens with this trade situation, and there's a lot of speculation that we'll be doing over the, the this whole process. It's fun to talk about and see what might end up happening but that's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Also, thank you for sending in your questions. We really appreciate it. Be sure, if you're interested again, or if there's questions that you didn't get to send in or you forgot to send in a question, be sure to send them into us whenever during the week, and we can address them on the next show. You can send them directly into the Facebook, or you can comment under the post that we will likely do the day before we record, or you can also send it to us on social media at Big Blue View at Joe DeLeon and at Raptor MKII. Also send those questions into our Gmail, bigblueview at gmail.com. Also be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. 